Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Alternative Cycling Network. I'm Russ, and I'm joined again by my co-hosts, uh, Eric Spinney from Spindat and Mike from Locked In. And this is where we give you unsponsored, unfiltered bike news. Uh, I've been using that tagline lately. I think that jives with us, right? We're yeah, until we, get, until we get sponsored, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it's going to be 10 minutes of like, uh, this is a Dollar Shave Club sponsored today's video, yeah. <laughs> brought, brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> yeah. They made, our, they made our amazing website. Yeah. Let them build yours. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you how easy it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so today we are going to talk about the topic of suspension and gravel bikes. Do you need it? Kind of the new new technologies that were announced uh, yesterday. I swear they they all plan the releases right the day before uh, we do this show, just so we can talk about them. Um, it, it is unbelievable how quick the the industry <laughs> caught on. I just don't yeah, right. it. yeah. They, you know. but they also they they know that we need twenty four hours though. Like they can't do it like <laughs> yeah. the day of. They know like we need a little bit of time to yeah. ease into it. So the on Wednesday because ATMs <laughs> on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. They're like, we, we want them to be able to collect their, their thoughts and feelings about yeah. these these yeah. new drops. Um, so, again, if you're watching it on the Pathless Pedal channel, we have actually launched a new YouTube channel just for the show. Uh, I believe I, I might not have put the link in the, the description, <laughs> but I will put it after. But uh, Alternative Cycling Network is also on Instagram at Alt Cycling, and there's a link to the channel there. Hopefully, I'm using we're using this software that that should be able to broadcast to both YouTube channels at the same time. So if you're watching from the ACN channel, please let us know. And uh, if you don't know it exists, well, there's now a separate channel. And I think this might be we might do one more live stream from doing both, but then after that, we're going to make the the cut and just do all this content from the ACN channel. Uh, with that said, before we jump into the topic of the day, uh, quick channel updates so what have you guys uh, been up to on your your individual channels um do you want to go first mike yeah uh i've been up on a lot of different stuff uh last video was actually about all the video equipment that i carry um everyone seemed to be uh shooting that and posting those videos so i i jumped on that so i i did a video on what cameras i carry and how i carry them the different bags that i use to make it convenient um as well as a wtb riddler tire review that uh, just posted the same week as well. Cool. All right. How about you, Eric? What's what's been going on uh, in uh, the 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 lens of uh, Halifax? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've just kind of been uh, just riding riding bikes, making videos about them. First and, breeze of the uh, day. Yeah. <laughs> well, gosh. Um, and uh, I. So you, you of, did a, a conversion video, right? You converted a a, a dad bike to a road bike. Did I? Yeah, I guess I did. Um, <laughs> I do that a lot. So much, uh, so much I guess I, went, I guess yeah. I, yeah, I took I took the Rideau, yeah, last week, and put drop bars back on it. Uh, I think Angela is gonna take over that bike. She rode it, in in another video uh, when I started skateboarding. I actually I started skateboarding on the channel. I don't know why. I just kind of started doing it. I always wanted to learn how to skateboard, and I'm like, well, I have this platform that like i'm allowed to do whatever i want on uh and i think that cycling and skateboarding like weirdly in the last like year or two has really started to like um where you see like cool skate racks and like you know surfing mm -hmm. and, and bikes and skateboards and 
and all that have really started to kind of like flirt with each other a little bit. And I was like, I want in on that. I want <laughs> to be involved. So um, this week I've like been skateboarding and riding bikes on the channel and just trying to enjoy the summer and try and get out of the shop as much as I can. Yeah. Cause I'm in the cool. shop a lot. I'm yeah. looking forward to the skateboard gravel ride. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very nineties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, I think the brand Fairdale had like a skateboard specific rear rack that they, they made do. For yeah. A while. yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, on my channel, I feel like I did the inverse of what Eric usually does. I took a, a bar with drop drop bars or a bike with drop bars on it and put uh, alt bars. So I did an alt bar conversion video. Put some Velo orange granola bars and documented that process. Um, you know, I felt bad about being labeled a drop bar elitist. So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I'll give this non-drop bar thing a try. And I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I'm still dialing the, the fit and all that, but, uh, you know, maybe, you know, dad bikes or alt bar bikes are, are the next big thing. What do you guys think? <laughs> I could, I could see it. There's a lot of really cool, like non-drop bar options. Um, those ones that, like I never know what they're called, um, but whatever it is that look like almost like a cafe racer clubman bar, like, that, a, like, like a Jones bar or the Muckluck with like the little T and the the sweatpants yeah. piece in the back. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, these are Muckluck bar. Like these are sick, and I, <laughs> yeah. like I want a, a set just from the look of them, and I bet they'd be they'd be wildly comfortable. And, and I think I mean, a sur I think it's a Surly bar, the the one that you're you're thinking of, Eric. It might be, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're weird like that. They do weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that takes me like a year to catch on to and be like, okay, I think I'm into this. <laughs> so there you have it, YouTube chat. We we are no longer drop bar elitists. We are right. we're, we're spreading our wings, trying the, the weird world of alternative bars. Uh, let's see. For the topic of today, we're going to talk uh, suspension on gravel bikes. And I have to feel, I feel like I have to preface this whole episode uh, for a second and just say, you know, they're, they're a right choice for, for, for some people. And if you like them, then that's awesome. Uh, you know, I don't, we don't want to come off as like snobs saying, you know, this sucks, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I do think we're entitled to our opinions of which we will share in a little bit, but if they're for you, that's awesome. You know, we, I think we've all kind of dabbled to some extent with a suspension on gravel. Um, just trying to avoid all the, the, the butt hurt comments. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you get some mean comments this week? That <laughs> I, I'm just I just pre I can I can sense people typing. They saw the they saw the, the title and thumbnail and they're like, it's I know fighting senses gonna... are going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're also trying commentary. not to burn any bridges with any major sponsors that are watching this. Like <laughs> oh, okay. Jeff, can you can you link the alt cycling? I see it a lot in the chat of people looking for it and can't find it. Can we throw that link in real quick in the chat just for everyone who's asking so they can do that while watching? Make sure to keep sure. our tab open so you can keep, you know, the audio going. <laughs> yeah, cool. So uh, with all that, we are going to go and talk about the topic of the day very timely because there are a bunch of new releases. Uh, you know, the big one, of course, is the the new releases of both the Topstone and the Slate by Cannondale, uh, both with some kind of suspension, lefty fork, some without. There were some variants. And they also are kind of, I don't know, quasi-full suspension bikes, right? They've got a pivot and some other technologies to add squish in the rear. And they also have a e-bike lefty 
quasi full suspension thing. So all the things, yeah. Cannondale did, did did all the things this week. <laughs> They're like, right now seems like a good time when everybody's buying bikes and <laughs> choice doesn't seem to matter because there's a shortage. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. So let's let's tackle uh let's tackle the non e non e gravel bike first. Uh, okay. Did yep. you guys get a chance to look at the 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 slate and the the top stone? Any thoughts on it's just a, it's just the top stone. Just just the top stone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked at it, and for me, I think it was a. It, I get Cannondale loves their lefty and the, the front suspension. The top stone. I never got to ride it at Grinduro, but it like pretty much debuted right before I did it. So they had some demo bikes. They just haven't come to ride them. But the kingpin suspension, I liked in the sense of it didn't have a shock, kind of like the Niner Magic Carpet ride. And the tech made sense. It's a non-mechanical system for essentially, they say, equivalent of 30 mil of travel by the time it gets to the seat post. So you have a little pivot point, a lot more flex in the rear uh, chain and seat stay area to allow the wheel to flex. Um, and from the reviews I saw, because I didn't get to ride it myself, a lot of people said the back end feels great, but the front's really rigid because it's a rigid setup. Um, when I saw that, I immediately thought redshift stem. Then, you know, a year or so later, Cannondale came out with their lefty. I think that's going to balance the bike out for most people. Mm-hmm. I, I understand doing it. I understand the amount of travel. I'm not a big fan of prop- like proprietary stuff with essentially a lefty fork means you have to have a lefty front wheel hub set up and everything else. Um, so it's not as modular to the masses. Um, if you're a Cannondale enthusiast and you're in that ecosystem, it makes sense or already have a top stone, you can swap it out and upgrade. When I've tried my redshift setup front and rear, it, it, it makes the bike more playful. There's a lot of areas where it is faster. Some it is slower and some you do feel the bob and movement of suspension like you would do, would on a full suspension mountain bike on certain trails. But I, I get it. I think I think the boundaries and the limits that gravel's pushing, like everyone says all the time, it's basically a hardtail or a, a full suspension or a hardtail XC bike already. And now you're pushing those, you know, trails. There was stuff on Grandero I wasn't super comfortable doing on that bike. But like you have like no choice because it's a single track area. No one can pass each other and everyone's shouting at you and you just gotta send it hard enough to hopefully not crash. I would have loved a little bit of suspension movement on certain parts. Um, the front yeah, I, suspension I'm, I'm fork like, adds how, a lot of weight. Yeah, I'm curious, like how much of uh, that is like a response to how extreme some of the un- unpaved sections of gravel events are are getting. You know, well, sure. I I think they're getting very mountain bikey, and I think that I, I get both sides where you have riders like I mean you have your Ted Kings and he's on forty C's. And on and I'm on a two point two six fifty and I'm like I want more tire because like this is too gnarly because I don't have the skill set to make up for it. Um, so that's something where I get it for the mass market, but also it's such a higher price point to bring you into it because you're paying for. I think they're selling that fork for I want to say fifteen hundred dollars. I think. And I yeah. and that and I don't think that, that I'm ninety percent sure that does not include the front wheel because if you already have a top stone, you want to upgrade. You have to either buy another front wheel or convert yours, no price on the hub, and then you got to pay for new spokes and lacing and everything else. You might as well buy another one. So that is a big investment for someone who already has a bike, or let's say you have another brand of bike and just like the look or the features of it. That's a big financial you know, yeah. investment for, well, I think it's 
30 to 40 mil of travel. So, yeah. Yeah. So big, big barrier to the entry in terms of yeah. getting into uh, suspension gravel. How about you, Eric? Any thoughts? Um, I mean, I looked at it. I, I mostly just read the titles and like the small blurbs where like, you know, the general consensus of, of those blurbs and maybe they were clickbait was like, you know, it, it was sort of engineering gimmicky and, you know, this and that. Um, would kind of expect, I think a lot of new bikes maybe have a little bit of that. Um, mm -hmm. there's benefits to, to anything that I think most companies design, uh, cost certainly comes into it, but the more that I've ridden like good suspension setups, um, on my mountain bike versus like what I could afford at like a younger age or even not long ago, I start to get that like actual suspended feeling where you're isolated from everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, man, I could see how, like, <laughs> I, I could see how this would be beneficial. Um, but like, I can't get over the, I can't get over the numbers like 30 millimeters or like 40 millimeters is not a world that I'm used to. And no matter what it's like, no matter what, I'm going to sit here and say, well, that's not enough. And right. I think that might just come from not being able to ride them. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think they did a way better job of designing a, a good looking, like full, full suspension. We'll use air quotes, uh, <laughs> gravel bike than what Niner did. Yeah. Oh yes, Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Well, granted like Niner I, used, uh, off the show Fox fork for the front. Yeah. That wasn't their design. Yeah. Um, not to mention like the rear, the rear end is just like, <laughs> like you look at the Niner and you're like, well, that's just like a, that's just like a dainty, small little mountain bike, um, <laughs> where Cannondale looks like, you know, maybe, maybe the end product or like the end feel is very similar, but, uh, you know, I, I stay with the fact that, that vanity is a big part of our industry and uh, I would not want to ride. <laughs> I wouldn't want to ride the Niner and I, I would want to ride the Cannondale. Like, um, I, yeah. I have to say when I, when I saw pictures of, um, of the bike, you know, I thought it was definitely more elegant in, yeah. in execution mm -hmm. this time around, like the, the previous versions where, where they had lefty fork, I felt like they just slapped on whatever lefty fork they had. And now it feels more cohesive to the bike um, I think the, you know, the, the execution of the, the rear suspension is definitely more subtle <laughs> yeah. than the Niner. Yeah. And I think more and more, more in line to, you know, if, if I were to opt for one or the other, like, like you guys said, I'd probably lean more towards the Cannondale than, than, than the Niner. So, yeah, I, I think, I think their rear suspension, suspension solution out of everyone to integrate it into the frame I think is the most elegant, simplistic design because like any full suspension rear, yes, the bearings are going to wear out, but you have one set of bearings and it, mm -hmm. it isn't going to be as active. You're not going to have as much movement. And that's a lot easier as far as it's, it's I'd, I'd hope it's not proprietary size of bearings. They're using some kind of stock, you know, standard. It's, it's Cannondale, man. It's probably 0.1 <laughs> smaller or bigger than anything else in the yeah. market. But yeah. in theory, that should be a lot easier to maintain and service for a long time 
the the fork is a different story for me, but you know that kind of leads me into the aftermarket suspension options compared to the OEM frame built ones. But I think they've nailed it on the head of like if I was going to get a turnkey name brand gravel bike that I and I wanted that suspension or more compliance, I think they've nailed it as far as aesthetic to compliance to weight ratio. I think mm -hmm. that's like the beautiful blend between their frame. I don't know what it weighs more than the, you know, if they it wasn't suspended, but in like compared to like the Diverge that doesn't have a pivot. But mm -hmm. I would pay for it or take the weight penalty, quote unquote, because it makes sense and it looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I guess who who do you think this bike is for? Is it for <laughs> um I don't know, like who, who's this for? <laughs> it's it's I think it's it's for the I mean there are always going to be riders that are in tougher terrain than I'm in. And there there are tough terrain that I won't even touch cuz I know it's a mountain bike trail. I think there mm -hmm. are people who live in certain areas where it's just gnarly no matter what. Um and maybe, yeah, a fully rigid gravel bike with, you know, squishy parts or squishy tires is not enough. But right. it's it's hard because the Geo is not super friendly as far as, like, endurance geometry. It's not it ultra racy. It's okay. not ultra racy, but it's, I would say it's like a medium between, like, like a endurance or endurance gravel, like a gravel geometry compared to cyclocross. I think, in my opinion, the top zone's kind of in the middle, so it's a mm. little more, you know, a little more racy um, than the guy that you just, I would assume, would want that. Because for right. me, I wouldn't mind that middle ground. I think that's a nice, happy medium for me. But also, like, I wouldn't want the weight and the complexity of having to deal with the fork. Mm. I would rather go like with my redshift stem or sometimes aftermarket front end suspension setup to dial out that the the rear compliance to the front to make it more balanced. But yeah, I mean that's where I would sit with it. Yeah. How about you, Eric? Any thoughts on who's gonna buy this bike? <laughs> there's I mean there's definitely people who will. Yeah. Um I know it wouldn't be me. I know I wouldn't go out and buy it. Yeah. We all know that, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I wouldn't say that it's going to be your typical like wanting to get into it uh, rider. It's, it's like definitely a, like an enthusiast bike, right? You really yeah, have to it, be it like, is. bought like, in. And like like me picturing myself riding, and I'm like, okay, like heavy in the drops. Uh, you know, riding as fast as you can over like almost like a, like a very smooth, like dry lake bed that like snakes down yeah. somehow. Like th that's like the terrain that I see. And I'm like, okay, who are those people? Like, that's very, that's very specific. Um, mm -hmm. But I can picture the feeling of like flying over something that's like pretty rocky, fairly fast, comfortably without feeling the edge of all those rocks um, mm -hmm. and that makes me smile. Um, mm -hmm. but I only know that feeling from mountain biking. So right. like, it's hard to picture that feeling on a gravel bike as well. I guess it would be like, like probably I, I would bet most cross country riders would have some interest in this. Yeah. I, you know what? That's an interesting point. I think that 
the mountain guy, like the opposite of us. I mean, granted, like Eric, you're a little in between, but I think it's the mountain guy getting into road. That's where like the chamois Hagar and this kind of, I think fit because it, the chamois Hagar geo wise is very close, but this is the moral suspension wise, a little closer mm-hmm. to where you're not giving up like fully on everything you're used to. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like half stepping it. So I, I could see that. I think, I think the MTB to gravel converter or the yeah. guy who wants to train all season sure. or race all season sure. or whatever. I think that's really where it works. Because I don't see it as a stepping stone to mountain biking. Like it's just not right. Um, like there's cheaper mountain bikes. Like if you want to, like, if you're yeah. like, oh, I don't really know. Like you mean, you mean a ten, you can get a mountain bike for under $10,000 for that diverge S work. What? You can. Yeah. <laughs> you can. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, again, I'm not going to, someone's going to love the bike. Someone's going to buy the bike it, for me the the barrier you know let's say even even if price were no barrier it is kind of being locked into all the proprietary parts hey. of bits like like <laughs> philos- sorry it, it, no, philosophically it's it, fine. yeah <laughs> philosophically just it just bothers me when when things are, are too proprietary um because you you know you have to hope that the company is going to support that you know three five ten years down mm. the line mm. um right you know otherwise you're just stuck with some some weird ass parts so that are kind of broken. That's that's broken, that's yeah. a that's a re- that's a real big thing with me with with this bike is front hub specific front wheel. You're ideally hope that this new gen because they do make an aluminum and a carbon version of that fork is all serviceable and they make the kit for long enough. You have a from what I've read a wider BB standard than most, so your crankshaft options are pretty much just Cannondale. And then you have the asymmetrical rear wheel setup that's dished differently. So if you have aftermarket wheels, you have to redish the rear and then relace the front to get the hub to work. So there's a, and then you have the 25.0 or 25.4, whatever the seat post is. So very little aftermarket support there. Really, you're diving headfirst into Cannondale. Yeah, it's a Cannondale bike. And then, yeah. and then they hope that they stick with some of these standards because, I mean, I know that I've rebuilt some old bikes that had 27 O seat posts. And that was a nightmare to try to find something. I couldn't imagine trying to find like, you know, the bearings for the rear, if it is something proprietary, like in five years when it is a used bike, you know, mm-hmm. we all, you know, Eric especially lives in that, that world. So he knows what that's like. So <laughs> it's like when he wants With the top zone in, 20, in, in 2030, when Eric needs yeah. the top zone, is he going to get bearings? I, that's what we, we all want to know. Pro- yeah. I'll probably use something dumb like clay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to build new ones. <laughs> I'll just take a, the whole saw and just drill that thing out to get the the bearing size he wants with a yeah. little bit of JB weld in there, and we'll call it a day. You know. Yeah, it feels so, yeah. like um, it's almost in in software. It'd be like the equivalent of you know uh, subscribing to an application rather than being able to buy and do do with it what you will. Sure. You're kind of yeah. at their mercy. Like any oh, yeah. upgrade path is going to be within that ecosystem. So, right. Yeah. So uh, how about, uh, so they also came out with a e-bike version. It uses uh, the Bosch mid-drive, which is a, a pretty nice uh, e-bike motor in terms of you know, the, the e-bike world. Um, gravel or ele- you know, electronic gravel bikes is, what do you guys think? I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah. yeah like them. 
I, I just watched, like, Angela and I were sitting out front, like, like, you know, old retired people watching people go by. And this family went by of a family of four with four e-bikes. And, like, that's what they were doing today. Um, and none of them looked particularly cheap. Like, e-bikes are, still aren't cheap these yeah. days anyway. Um, so, like, that is the prime family. Like, the dad that, like, like Mike, you know what this is like. You work in a bike shop, and someone comes in not knowing a thing, and they're just, like, giving the most expensive one. And it's like, yeah. you don't want that. That's not what you want. <laughs> You're going to hate that so much. And they're like, give me the most expensive one. You're like, oh. Okay. So like, I don't know if that family would necessarily be like that, but in California, I know a lot of people just like have money. Um, right. So it like, depends where you're at, but yeah, no, I know. I think for me, it's a great equalizer. There's two camps I believe in e-bikes for, and I mean, there's multiples, but I think the two big ones for me that I, I find personally appealing as a cyclist uh, is one, the guy that wants to go out and ride with his buddies. Mm-hmm. I've had, I had many of clients that came in when I managed the bike shop and, you know, fit, unfit, overweight, underweight, whatever your case may be, new to riding, old to riding, used to ride 30 years ago, trying to get back into it. They were out there longer and keeping up with whoever to enjoy the day. So Mm -hmm. yes, if you're putting out a little bit less effort, but you're riding double the time, you're going to burn them with calories you want. You're going to get fitter. You're going to get more in shape. I saw dudes drastically drop weight, get in shape in, you know, six months on an e-bike because they're just going out more because it's more fun. And I've ridden them. They're super fun. We had a, a couple of shop rides where I'd go out and I'd bring my camera and I would take pictures for everybody to like, you know, to post. And so they could download them or whatever when we were done. And I would just trail behind everyone and then zoom up all the climbs, get in front of everyone, take a bunch of pictures, and then they'd all pass me, and then all the team racers would be on, like, the next climb, and then I'd pass them while taking pictures, laughing hysterically, you know, going past, and that was, that was a blast. And I tell everybody, like, anyone that came to test drive one, I would just put it on max. I'm like, just go, just go ride it. And I tell everyone, like, you're just going to feel like you're an elite athlete not trying, and it's a fun feeling. Like, I would... You know, if I had a longer commute or, or something like that, I would totally get an e-bike to like go to work because it's super fun. Um, mm. I think for gravel, it's the same thing. Like you're going to get into it. And if you have like for me, um, I've seen plenty of like couples or married or not. Like the husband has a pedal bike or she's got a pedal bike. And then the other one who doesn't ride gets an e-bike so that everyone enjoys it. The one who is not into the cycling, uh, you know, gets to keep up and not have to kill themselves. And then the one that is into it that wants the workout is having to try hard because 28 miles an hour, you know, <laughs> like barely breathing yeah. hard is hard yeah. to keep up with. Yeah. And I've had a guy who used to crit race and he's like, yeah, we go on the river trail. He's like, she did. She's laughing at me, texting, taking pictures, doing 28 miles an hour on her hybrid. And I'm in the drops, like trying to do 300 watts, you know, like, and trying to keep up with this. So every, you know, there's so many avenues that it really fits into and I think it just it opens up people getting out there, you know, and I think that's going to eventually help infrastructure for all of us. That's what I hope for. Yeah, for sure. I've got a, uh, some acquaintances where um, the one of the one of the, the persons is a like legit like pro cyclist 
Mm-hmm. And her her partner just came out of like some crazy heart surgery, and you know, but they can still ride together. She can do her inter- intervals, and he can take out the e e bike while he's in recovery mode, and yeah. and still, you know, they can still you know enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. So, yeah, um, he get motor paid for, no problem. Right, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish you know quality e bikes that use things like the the Bosch Drive, and I know they cost what they cost. I wish they'd be a little bit more, they could somehow be a little bit more affordable because I, I feel like a lot of people, a lot more people could benefit, uh, you know, if, if, if it was at, if it could somehow be at a, at a better price point. But I think what's the, do you, do you remember the complete build of uh, the Cannondale one? It's, I feel it's, like it's, it's not, up, I want to say it's over three, maybe yeah, over four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard with the, the mid drive motors in general, it's going to cost more. The, yeah. the rear hub drive motors, if anybody's looking for an e-bike, they are more affordable. They aren't as smooth and they're going to kick. So there's times when I've ridden some to like test drive and you're like trying to like half pedal it like around a corner and then it kicks the motor in and right. like does a, little, does a little of that and you get a little, little sketchy. Um, that happens with the mid drive because it's a cadence sensor, not a torque sensor. And that's the difference really between feel. Now, if you're just going down the bike trail and no one's ever going to know that, but like if you are, there are scenarios where the hub, rear hub drive can be a little sketchy. Um, yeah. but that's, that's where the price point go, does go down. I always tell people for mid drive minus the actual mid drive and the crank set, everything else is standard bike parts, which is nice for longevity. If you want to yeah. upgrade your wheels, it's wheels. If you want to, you know, anything else is, is not really difficult. Yeah. And I'm glad they, they at least went with a, you know, like Bosch is like a legit, like yeah. e-bike motor. You know, yeah. I yeah. think to to be up. able to work on them at a bike shop, you have to have special training and you know have the mm-hmm. tools to kind of access the the brain of the motor. So it's yeah. it's definitely you know a high quality product. Um, I think a bit of a barrier to to a lot of people though, which is a bit of a of a bummer. But again, you know, I can see why you know, it costs that much. But like, I do you not think that maybe this is like a like a Tesla-like phenomenon where, like, do a really premium sort of product, um, see if it does well. If it does well enough, use that to fund maybe a, a slightly more inexpensive uh, but still quality product, and then, boom, one for, like, the absolute mass market. Um, maybe. <laughs> or they could just be pulling a SRAM where it's like, <laughs> this is this is us now. I, I, th- I think I think I think I think there's so many that are still trying to establish and like Bosch is up there. The cool thing if you do get a Bosch motor is you can go to a lot of different dealers because a lot of mainstream brands use Bosch. It's the more affordable stuff currently that's rear hub drive that may or may not like we got a lot of random stuff when I worked at the shop of like bikes I've never heard of. I'm like, that website doesn't even work anymore, man. I'm looking for an, I mean, there's a bike that like came in. I didn't even know how to take the rear wheel off. It was so complicated. Like how many wires are going. So there's a lot of funky stuff in the market right now. I think that's settling. Um, But I think the the mid drive makes the most sense, but it is the most expensive. I don't think that's going to get any cheaper for a while, unless you go with this, the route that like Pinarello or focus has gone where I forgot the name of their motor, but essentially it's like a, an assist. So mm-hmm. it's not as powerful as like the Bosch is in the top stone, but it's meant for, they, they mainly use it in their road bikes, but it's meant for the guy who wants to ride the group ride with his buddies, 
and he's just getting into it to where he just needs like that extra hundred watts of assistance, but he wants to go for 50 or 60 miles. So it, it right. is a rear hub motor, but it's just, just to give him the bump that he needs. And if he's over 20, 20 something miles an hour, it's going to kick off because he should be rolling fast enough at that point. But right. if you pull that battery pack out, they give you like this extra panel to cover it. And now you're only adding like a pound to the bike and it's right. supposedly like no, no friction added. So there, there's two, there's a couple of still different mindsets. I think same thing with the gravel bikes. It, it's still working itself out, you know? You know, if I, I was just thinking if I were a e-bike or emo e-bike motor brand, I was targeting the, the roadie market, you know what I would name the brand? Be some yeah. some clever play on words, but it would be EPO, like electronic <laughs> overdrive. Electronic <laughs> overdrive, man. EPO. <laughs> and everyone would buy. Quick, it. Trademark, oh, that. Yeah. trademark that. <laughs> you, you get a uh, we you get an EPO wristband with every purchase. Yes. Right. <laughs> Just a oh, slightly so off shade of yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool. Well, there were other new releases. Uh, Suntour released a bunch of uh, gravel forks. Um, what was the travel? It looked like it ranged from like 30, 30 to 60? 40 yeah, to 40, 60, I believe. Or 40 to 60, okay. I thought it was 30, 50, 60. Get our facts straight maybe next next live stream. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was just the, was it one fork one or was it, was it a couple? As um, I believe it's adjustable. I'm going to pull it up right now, but I yeah. believe it's adjustable. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, that was the big draw. The, the main thing was it's, it's the reason I like theirs is it's, it's not universal, but you could adapt it to your bike with, if you have three axles, like you're good, you know, that's yeah. the big mm-hmm. thing. Not to mention like the, the fact that they built it to be like, to look like a straight blade fork. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think the only thing missing on making that design, like, like I already would ride it. Like, the way it is right now, I <laughs> wow. would already ride it. Wow. Which is a lot. Contour. Wow. To, like, I, I, would, <laughs> I like the way it looks. I'd love to see it, like, built up on, on like, some pretty cool bikes. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last thing that I'd love to see these, like, gravel forks do that especially want to maybe, like, not look like a mountain bike fork is like do something with the uh the fork crown or uh someone try and do something with an rs1 like the the oh yeah the, i remember those the rock shock rs1 yeah. like an inverted fork that yeah. works um because obviously the rs1 didn't do well um but like i think it would be the coolest looking gravel fork like inverted dirt bike style yeah fork with not too long travel you don't have to worry about like the stanchions up at the top like you know maybe some dust covers over the stanchions um that to me well honestly just like basically a lefty with two sides like, <laughs> that's you mean what a I want. standard fork you mean yeah. a standard fork no but you it would a, be you, it would be you want inverted. a lefty and a righty I want, together? yeah together <laughs> inverted just like the lefty is um and, and yeah. without like without offset in the axle and stuff, man, that would be like, like I'd ride, I would ride that on a gravel bike. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I love no so issue. I would, I'd sell it. It is. <laughs> I, I thought it was, I thought it was an adjustable fork, but yeah, no, we're right. So it's 40, 50 and 60. There's three different forks. 
Um, they do offer different rakes and obviously uh, axle to crown ratios depending on the bike that you're running. But the big thing for me that I like over the Fox shock, because I watched Justin's video, is pretty much all modern gravel bikes, if they're disc, are flat mount. Mm -hmm. And the Fox is still post mount because I'm mm -hmm. assuming they're, they're reusing the lower stanchion from another port. It looks so, like it. Right. So this is a flat mount mount. So that's killer for anybody who wants to buy a different brake or having to run the adapter, which looks awful. Um, mm -hmm. That's a big thing. Having the adjustable mounts, the clearance-wise is is not progressive, but it's in line with what's uh, available. Where it's a 700 by 45 or a 650 by 50, so right up on the top end of mainstream, I would say. Not again the progressive of looking forward in the spec of things they are starting to get wider. bigger I feel and like bigger. They, I feel like they should have gone a little bit wider because the tires <laughs> are going to get bigger and, pl and yeah. plus mud. <laughs> right, right. No, exactly. So when I I talk to um, Cobalt, who's the frame manufacturer that I work with with my gravel build that I did, my monster gravel build, he was basically saying roughly whenever you hear tire clearance, five to six millimeters is what every frame or fork clearance is going to have to give you. So like my frame technically clears a 2.1. I got a 2.2 in there with three, four mils of travel or, or of space. For me in California, that's plenty of room. I don't have enough mud here. So yeah, that 45, I don't think would hit a 50. But it it might scoot in there depending on again <laughs> pressure well pressure rim width and terrain that you're riding and if there's mud. So I think yes, if I was redoing it or any of us, I think I would have gone a little more progressive because a little more clearance is never a bad thing to prolong one product lasting longer. But you know that's me. Yeah, I do like you know I feel like when the gravel bikes with this front suspension fork came out a couple years ago it felt very mm -hmm. slapdash right it's yeah i'm gonna yeah. obviously you know retooled maybe a slightly reworked mountain bike fork but with these iterations um you know i'm still not gonna go run out and buy one but i feel like they're being a little bit more integrated into what the gravel bike is it's it's less i don't know less like of a frankenstein look um yeah. i mean the suntour is like a pretty nice looking fork yeah you know yeah my yeah i mean realistically it's I looked, it's 300 grams, I think, more than the lefty, but not having to go lefty front wheel, I would take that over buying a new wheel or having to, like, spend a bunch of money releasing it. Also, that thing's $500. Right. The lefty <laughs> is 1500 I think, depending on if it's carbon or aluminum. And then even your Fox, I want to say, is 800 bucks. I think it's 799 for the Fox one. Um, so, I mean, killer deal. And... If it is just a hot swap with your brake caliper, that's something you could realistically take on and off on a Tinker Tuesday. No big deal. Five minutes. Look at that plug. <laughs> just a quick uh, five minutes. <laughs> just a quick five minutes. I mean, I, I already, you know, like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like it would be in theory, like I would love to have it for certain rides. And if it's, if it's that easy and the standards are all the same, the same through axle, I'm not having to get a 15 mil front wheel because they offer 12 and 15. Oh, they do. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, um, I think that's really where it realistically is. If it's cut to length and everything works, it's a hot swap. I mean, it's it's a hey, the night before, you know where you're going. You you know you you grab your beer or whatever, and you just you swap your fork out. Like that's I do more than that than my, on my gravel bike trying to make it work for road and gravel. You know, the other day, so it works out. 
Yeah, that does make it appealing. Like, I didn't realize that it was, I mean, you know, it's still hundreds of dollars, but still relative to the lefty, very affordable. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, makes it, it makes it such that if you're, you know, suspension gravel curious, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. like a huge outlay of money and you wouldn't have to buy all the other like additional parts to to make it work on your bike. Yeah. Um, and also and- it looks better. And look yeah, better, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's really what we're here for. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd have a righty. A yeah, that's right. It's like, it's like a bonus extra... fork. And, and a righty and a lefty, yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I feel like, okay, so both both new releases, both, you know, suspension gravel, kind of almost very, the, the complete opposite philosophically. One is very proprietary, uh, wants you to live in their ecosystem. And another one uh, is clear that it wants to be like a, a aftermarket option and, and work with the bike that you have and the parts that you already have. So, I yeah, I'd be curious to see if that that Suntour fork, if it, uh, it's good. Remains, <laughs> well, if it's good, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, for 500 US, geez, I hope it is. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. still not an inconsequential amount of money. Like, right. Yeah, I think, and I, I, the only thing that I, I read obviously is still jarring because I haven't seen any physical reviews of it because I'm assuming it just landed. Um, is kind of how the lefty did. They did it the right way where they make that initial suspension travel harder to hit than your mountain bike. So you're not mm-hmm. going to get that bob. You know, that's what the big thing with the lefty is that they say, I forget what they call it, but basically that initial, like for mountain, it's the small bump sensitivity is increased with a gravel suspension because you're going to potentially ride and road and they want it to react, but could take a little bit more to react. Mm-hmm. So as long as they tune it that way and you're not just feeling like you're doing this the whole time, like right. I would totally be interested <laughs> in trying it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that would be a very viable option for a lot of OE stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I tell a lot of people with Suntour shocks, as long as it's like they're mid to high level, if you've never ridden a mountain bike and you ride a Fox versus a Suntour, and you're a year or so in, like, there's very few things you're going to kind of realize the difference of. Probably weight. Um, weight would be the Right. Thing. Yeah. The weight. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But again, it's like to get you into a suspended gravel bike or to add one for 500, there is more cost effective options, in my opinion, with Redshift. I've been a really big fan of their stuff. You know, their stem adds 30 mil of travel and their seat post has 35, which is essentially what the lefty and, and the, the rear suspension on the top stone does. And that's a couple hundred bucks. Right. And it only adds <laughs> 1.1 pounds average, depending on what your seat post and stem combo is, to add a pound to your bike that you can easily remove if needed and get almost the same travel. I'm still a big fan of that. I think this in the 40 to 60 mil travel makes more sense because it is giving you something extra. Everything else that's currently on with the Fox AX and essentially the lefty at 30 mil travel, I'm not gaining anything out of it besides spending more money. Right. You know, definitely a a lot for a little. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be curious to, to, to compare, you know, a a full redshift setup with, the the Cannondale lefty and see again I understand like the the quality of suspension might be different the you know the way it, it the way it suspends but if it's equivalent travel like 
and you're just riding a gravel road, you know, how, mm-hmm. how much more, what's, what's the difference going to be? And is it going to be worth, you know, spending a uh, buku bucks to, to get there? You know, and Russ, you'd be the Russ, Russ, you'd be the best person to, to I think, ex- like know of that already because the red shift is a pivot. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you did your video on future shock versus that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference of how this, you know, your linear travel versus your, you know, basically your pivot. Yes, I don't think it is the same, but I'm just taking like a couple hundred dollars again and lower weight. All right. You know, you're adding 400 grams, not a thousand grams, you right. know, just for the fork and you can do that front and rear. So what, what was your, just cause I don't know off the top of my head, your takeaway between the future shock and the red shift for the front. Um, so when I had the, the diverge with the future shock, I, they, they set it up with whatever the, the middle, middle hardness. Spring. So, yeah. So it wasn't super soft. It wasn't the, okay. the super hard one. And I felt like it was a little disconcerting going hard into a corner because it mm-hmm. would really, I could feel it. It felt vague, you know, okay. and I didn't like it. Somehow the, the pivot of the, the red shift, you know, not as maybe like smooth overall, but like when, when you're taking a, a, a corner hard, it felt a little bit more predictable. Um, I also managed to, to bottom out <laughs> the, the future shock, uh, which was really weird, especially when turning. So, mm-hmm. I maybe you know I I chose too too soft of a spring even though it was the the, the middle one, but those you know I, I I can never really get comfortable on on. So the you were side. oh so you were on the the version one, not the version two with the knob. Uh, no, okay, it was okay, version one, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. that makes sense. And Eric, um, you were your dealer was a specialized dealer, wasn't it? Yeah, I I got to do uh like a spring spring ride on a uh, on a Roubaix with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt it, I felt it worked pretty good, but I only got to do that one ride on it. And I might've, I might've just been trying to keep my boss happy. I don't know. Cause it was his bike. <laughs> um, uh, he's like, you think really, Eric, your freeze stance is like this. It looks really good. Like, the, like <laughs> did I freeze again. Damn it. Yeah. But um, like, it's like this, it's like, it's super solid. Like if you're going to um, freeze, it's better than like, ah, it's like, Right, like it's, it's literally like. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just Eric's resting bitch face. Like that's, that's it. it. Yeah, just being happy. Um, Everybody subscribe to Alter Alternative Cycling Network so we can get Eric a, a Wi-Fi router booster. For just a, a booster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. My my memory of it is vague. I I don't. I don't remember if it really worked that well or not. I remember feeling no less tired than I would normally at that event. Like Wolf Over Bay, I I normally do every year. Um, As a matter of fact, I might have felt, I do remember feeling a little bit worse because I hated the saddle position. Like Mm, to jump, to jump, (laughs) well, just to jump into an event on someone else's bike because I wanted to try something else without really riding it first. I was like, okay, saddle height, good. Um, (laughs) Like, I remember the thought of being like, wow, I am, I'm like dying of pain (laughs) right now. And I think that was kind of one of the first times that I really experienced that. I was trying to think about like the future shock and how it was working. Um, I remember getting some like cool shots of it, like working, but I was like, is it just cool that this thing's like 
you know, going up and down or like <laughs> really doing a thing. Right. Uh, I think I might've even like gone out of my way to like hit some potholes and be like, is that, <laughs> is this it? I don't know. <laughs> is, this, uh, is this where, is this thing on? Just like, hit yeah, it. like <laughs> and I think like it, in my thought, if you have to think about it that much, it's obviously right. not as worth it as right. the marketing makes it out to be. But I do remember, like, I always rode mountain bikes that had uh, really low end. Like, the nicest suspension I had was, like, a RockShock XC20A, which is not a good fork. It's, like, a steel stanchion fork. Uh, I remember, like, you know, it was pretty well broken in, like, two months. But I kept riding it. It was basically just a coil spring that was, like, you know, whatever. And and when Nick sold me his his uh, Factory 32... Um, and I rode it for the first time at the same trails I've always ridden and like, you know, felt it compressing and rebounding the way that it should. And like not feeling the pain that all of <laughs> the normal routes that I go over, like it wasn't there. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's more, it's more like, it's more like, uh, it's like when you drink like good whiskey or wine, and like you never know because you always drink like barefoot or like yeah. whatever, and then you finally have like a nice glass and like, damn it, this ruins it for me forever yeah. now. Like right. you can never write something worse, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I mean, I did like, like when when Schwinn sent uh, when Schwinn sent the Moab, it had a Judy on it, but it still had enough. Um, like it was heavier. I could still tune right. it to yeah. feel the same, and that was a cool feeling as well. It's like okay, so there is a spot. Like the factory is an expensive fork. Like factory right. is yeah. the top, top of the line, right? That yeah, a thousand US. Yeah, um, a million Canadian. Got it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the like, I was like, okay, I can get the Judy to feel very close, like ninety percent. Biggest, like the the worst part was like, okay, it's heavy. Like th this mm -hmm. is heavy compared to the carbon felt, like with with light parts on it. Um, that was like a that was a very spoiled moment. I don't like that I know any of this now because it's like, ah. um, but like, you know, that is a tough spot to, to cheap out on. Like you can get the performance, but the weight's not there. I mean, mountain biking suspension's an expensive game to be in. Yeah. I, sure. okay. So this is another, I've been reading the comments. So Russ, I, I totally forgot. You did that bomb track with that MRP suspension, Alex, shout out to Alex. Uh, he mentioned that. How was that? If you can remember the two, like I still have my red chips on my bike, so I still know what it feels like. But what was like if you can remember those two difference wise? Um, Obviously, the weight there, but yeah, the, the so I remember thinking that it was hella fun going down the the double or the chunky double track, mm -hmm. and did uh, was a more pleasant experience than the red shift. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I remember. So it, it made a difference. Like depending on the terrain, I just remember thinking. That to really get the the most out of it, you, you'd have to just really ride some really shitty stuff. But well, what like was average, the, what was the travel on that? If anybody, I think it was thir is thirty ish. 30, oh really? 30 okay. 40, yeah. So it okay. wasn't a, a ton, um, but it was it was a it was fun. Like that was a bike where I didn't think I, I would like it. It had lots of things that I I was you know typically eh you know I never used a dropper post before. And now I'm like yeah. okay. 
Droppers are cool, especially. <laughs> I'd actually get a dropper before a, a suspension fork. After I agree with having, that. Having having sure. having tried both, yeah. uh, it's just it's just descending even on paved stuff. It's it's just yeah. feels less sketchy. So, um, but it was it was a cool bike, and uh, it was fun. It was it was really tucked and short in the in the rear, so it climbed mm-hmm. really well. And the going down, you could just let it let it go, like just you know lower the dropper and then let the yeah. the fork um, take it. So so I guess you know depending on the the terrain, mm-hmm. you know I'd be totally into it. I think if I if I thought about like the the kind of everyday routes I would take, there's I probably wouldn't use the the fork to its full capability and get the most out of it, you know. So for me, it's more of a a calculus of you know, am I going to yeah. fully utilize every ounce of travel to to its most more often than not? And so, so for for me, the one last question for it would be for Russ because you've done it, Dirty Kansas, yeah or nay on the fork? Um, I think I think the weight penalty is a little bit more than I would want, and also just the possibility of it breaking or clogging up mm. somehow when it gets okay. like really rough and, and sloppy. Um, I think on an event that long, you'd want to minimize the amount of moving parts. I, I know, okay. um, I know what's the name. Um, the maple syrup guy, um, Ted King. Ted King. Yep. Yeah. Rocks. Uh, Untapped. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a review uh, kind of like, like years ago before I even knew who he was. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, I think just, just my, my, my paranoid proclivities of, of things always going wrong and me mm-hmm. breaking them, then I, I like the, the less is more option for, for something like that. Okay. Um, so YouTube comments, uh, if you're in the comments and you're digging the discussion so far, give it a thumbs up. It helps with the video. And, uh, hopefully I posted the link to the, uh, the new ACN YouTube channel. If you're not already subscribed there, we're going to be moving the show all the way over there, I think, in maybe like one or next. two more episodes. A, yeah, next a, one. A week and a half. In yeah. a week and a half. Yeah. So yeah. you definitely, you know, if you like this stuff, you know, you don't want to miss out. It's going to be living on that channel. Uh, and we're going to do some other fun videos around it. So, And we have, yes. uh, we have, we have a uh, Instagram. We're probably going to be taking polls for topics. Because if the bike industry isn't releasing on a Wednesday like it usually is, because they're having an off week or COVID nineteen is delaying product development or something like that, please make sure yeah. to follow us on there because you might get your topic on here. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we we chose this topic literally this morning. It's like, okay, what dropped? <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a big editorial calendar, guys. You wouldn't you'd be surprised. We're yeah. we've got the topics until yeah, twenty twenty five. We are in there. We are right. in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric so is in top in twenty thirty and we're our calendars fans. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're ready for that video, like that live yeah. stream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so if you guys have questions, um so Steve, where'd that comment go? Um We'll start here. I'm going to go from the latest to the or the or the last comment to and move okay. up. Is 26 dead? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Actually, you know, I'd like to see more development around there. I think, especially for I, I, particular shorter riders, it makes you know it still makes a good 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 wheel size. 
I think I think it's mainly tire like a decent tire in 26, and also I'm I mean maybe there's a calculator or something out there. If I could get something that would tell me, hey, if I got a 26 to this, it would be the equivalent of like there's a lot of that for 650. They need to develop something like that for 26. Uh, true. I don't think the industry would, but I answered this question as as no because and I would have said yes probably two years ago. But the answer is no now because when I was searching for tires for that bike, I was like, oh, there's not going to be anything. There's just the the Compass or uh, Renee Hearst, uh, right. you know, Rat Trap Pass. And, like, I wreck tires. Like, I'm not even hard on them. I just – I always find the sharpest rocks. And I was like, man, man that's going to be expensive. But, like, I can't ride – like, I can't ride these that are on here, like, for too long because they're just they're rock hard in the sidewall like this is going to be a bummer and i did right. mention in a, in a video i was like i don't want to ride these i even asked for advice from you russ you didn't give me anything um, <laughs> you did i did I yeah <laughs> you watch Sorry. every single one of my videos that i post almost <laughs> every day um and uh and like people were like well you didn't look at the you didn't look at like the, the schwabby uh, I think they're like the the big apples or something. I was like, oh, those are cool. And then like you didn't look at like Continentals, almost their entire lineup. Like you can get in twenty six. Uh, did you check this? Did you like, you know, this company is doing them now. This company is doing them now. And then everybody was like, hey, Gravel Kings come in twenty six and a two point yeah. one in funny colors. And I was like, oh, those are them. <laughs> like that's what I need. Yeah. And I ordered them. They're supposed to. They're supposed to be here soon. They were supposed to be on Monday, actually, and I don't know what the holdup is, but um, like the plethora of choices that there are versus what I thought there were tells me that there's a market. And it might not be a market in the new bike world, but enough people are taking old 26s or trying to use their, like, there's no good mount, all mountain versions, but like, for like right. the the nerdy stuff that we're into, like mm-hmm. man, there's tires. Like there's tires yeah. to choose from. Yeah, I saw yeah. the gravel kings. Yeah, that today I was looking at what size they offer and some of the new stuff they they came out with. And yeah, I saw twenty six two point one. I was like, all right, that was neat. Like, so here you go. Here's some maths. Twenty six by two is like six fifty B by forty two uh, diameter wise. All right, uh, still somewhat small, like a little bit small. Right. So that would but be. If you, had a, in, if, you had a, if you had a 26 disc bike, you could technically go either way then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, I've actually cool seen, I, yeah. I've seen people do some weird stuff with like old hybrids um, where they've put 700s in them. And then mm-hmm. like the hole that is drilled for the reflector on the fork, they'll put like an old school like stamp steel caliper on it. And then boom, road bike. <laughs> or uh, Paul, Paul makes that one like almost canty looking brake but the 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 brake adjustable pa- yeah super, yeah, yeah super adjustable so you could run a 700 yeah. I, yeah there's there's some weird that's the Paul makes some funky stuff that works for that kind of nerdery like we are uh yeah, so yeah I get that so Will Reynolds asks, are you going to continue live streaming on Thursday or is there other content planned for other days both uh, I think yeah, I mean the the goal is to you know develop content independent from you know from from this channel or, or respective channels and build that uh, that brand if you will. Uh, so definitely live streaming weekly. I think we're 
we're at least committed to that. Yeah. And then, and then hopefully in the future we'll, you know, we'll have bandwidth. Um, I know you, you both have like real jobs, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Currently. Yeah. yeah. Sort, of, yeah. sort of working on not having that, but uh, <laughs> correct. Yes. I, uh, I think is, it's going to be really like, it's really going to be you guys. So everyone who's watching this, it's going to be your comments and we're going to take all that in consideration. I'm, we're all constantly watching the live stream comments and uh, you know, we can check in on the comments that go beyond this one that's posted, you know, to watch anytime you want. But I think really that's going to develop the channel into what it's going to be and what content you want to see. If it's individual, different styles, we all have a different look, different things. We're all into different things. You know, if you want to see, you know, Eric, you know, do a backflip with a skateboard on his bike, you know, <laughs> down a mountain. You can just put that in the comments below, and it may or may not and happen. Do it. I might do it. Do that. <laughs> yeah, like we just got. I mean, if we can get Eric a Wi-Fi booster, I mean, that's that's the kind of content you could see. Uh, so that's. I think that's really where we we're all loving. I think this aspect of the community. I've loved yeah. the feedback. I think it's great. I think that we're willing to put in the work. But we want to hear from you guys because we can always make assumptions on what you want to see, but we'd rather hear from you. And if it's feasible, we'll make it happen. Yeah, because in Canada, they only have uh, like one Wi-Fi router and everyone connects yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah it that's is. Why, that's, why er, that's why Eric is frozen again. <laughs> yeah, free Wi-Fi, free healthcare, baby. That's it. That's, uh, that's what they got. Yeah, Starlink got here first. It's weird. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, we definitely want to do more content. So if you if not already subscribed to the new channel, please do. And for those of you guys that have, I mean, we, the, the channel grew really quickly. It, it broke that thousand subscriber mark in I don't know, like forty eight hours. Yeah, no, was it was. Yeah, it was I think we were at least five hundred at the end of the first day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's probably two two or three days it broke a thousand. So so you guys are awesome. Definitely shows that there's demand. Yeah. Uh, at least a thousand of you, and you know what? A thousand people that that will show up and uh, watch the content is, I think, better than having you know a million kind of half-hearted uh, viewers. Although yeah. AdSense might might yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I still have a full-time job. <laughs> and then we're like, you know what? That's fine. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, so we've we've discussed gravel. What's I'm trying to to take it home and summarize here. So we've seen kind of two 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 takes on on gravel suspension. One a little bit more complicated, a little bit more proprietary. You know, not saying it's bad. It, you know, someone's going to buy it. Someone's going to love it. And then uh, one approach from from Suntour, which which looks like a, a great aftermarket option. Hopefully, it'll be a, a good OEM option as well, so people can can try it on complete bikes. Um, what else did we talk about? E-gravel bikes, we're, we're all on board. Um, yeah. you know, makes makes riding the grab grab more accessible for lots of reasons. Um, I don't know. Would we would we leave out? Like I, I this, this this was this stream was a lot more. I want, I want to say friendly to the notion of gravel suspension than I was thinking it was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's great. I mean, for me, like I said, I I have a lot of experience on the redshift stuff, and I'm working on a review for the seat post, but. For me, it's like there's a lot of stuff that I've ridden it. I'm like, man, I can hammer it down this now. Mm-hmm. I'm not either lightening on the pedals to to let a little bit of gap between me and the seat kind of float, or I'm not just lifting me up and just riding across it. I can full on hit it hard. 
So I think there is a need for it depending on where you're at. I think there's totally a use. I don't think that it's gimmicky. Because the first time I got on that sea post and like smashed it down this trail that I, I normally ride, especially on the high frequency stuff, coming from a full rigid bike, it was like, oh my God, this is great. I get it. Mm -hmm. Now, is it heavy? Yes. On the flats, do you notice it? No. But like you said, Russ, is like, I'm going to be calculated and I'm going to do a video on full rigid versus kind of semi squishy to full like Cadillac mode is what I call it, like full suspended front and rear. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's really where I loved Legos as a kid to where like, I like that aspect of the bike to where if I can just like, ah, I can swap parts on it in 10 minutes and make it this or that, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm I, another video I'm working on is, is I just did a road ride on my gravel bike and there were some pros and cons to it, but this is what I did before. Yeah. It took mm -hmm. me 20 minutes the day beforehand, but it worked. It was great. Yeah. It was super fun. It just, it's something where I like that aspect because of that inner kid in me of like loving Legos and like taking things apart or changing them to make it work. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of that in the suspension Avenue. I think everyone's taking their different take. I think the sun tour fork in my opinion too, is I think that's the best option for if I was going to do something that, like substantial. Yeah. Something uh, beyond just the red shift and, and yeah. the next level. Yeah. To get a 40 in the front and a 35 with that seat post in the back and not having to buy a proprietary frame set or any parts mm -hmm. to me is a killer setup. I think that's yeah. like a, basically like a 1990s mountain bike, you know, like that's what I think of it is. And that's what everyone's going to make the joke. It's like, that's what we're, we're just digress, we're digressing, uh, you know, but it is what it is, you know? And I think, I think, uh, it's a, it could be a happy medium, especially on certain trails, you know? Yeah. You know, you know, one place where, you know, when I was testing the, the suspension seat posts where I thought it was an interesting benefit is actually on like chunky climbs you know, where it's steep and you're going over baby heads you know, yeah. it, it let me keep yeah. traction more. It would bump me off the saddle yeah. less so I could just, you know, stay seated and grind up. And that was where, because typically when I think suspension, like the biggest benefit's going to be, you know, floating when you're, when you're going fast and on the downhill. But I found like there were actually some, some real gains in terms of keeping traction and momentum going uphill. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I get that too. Um, Eric, are you frozen or are you just pensive? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> listening. I'm listening okay. to it. But like, okay, like, he's the only one who gets that hard face frozen, like without it being like awkward. He's like, it's because he's Canadian. It's just... <laughs> I make dorky faces. <laughs> yeah. So Sean Gold says next big yeah. thing: suspension skateboards. I think they have those, right? Yeah, I think those are. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's like hilarious off road, uh, <laughs> like in the '90s, like er, like late '90s, early 2000s. There's like these like skateboards that you would like strap into and they've got, like I'm pretty sure they have like, they almost have like stroller tires on them. Um, yeah. And they're, they're like, I think they were cool for four months. Uh, <laughs> well, then, that was Canada because they were out in America probably for like six years. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It yeah. needed to be done in magazines. So, you know, it was like super late. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there were lots of comments about the low fork and or low fork, yeah. and I've not ridden one, so I can't really, you know, I can only speculate. Have you, have you, Mike, Eric, have you guys thrown a leg over one? No, but I've I've been around, like I've been around them. 
Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. Like, right. I don't know. I just think it's so ugly. I can't. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've, I've tried it on, it was a customer's bike and I asked him if I could just ride it. I and mean, granted it was like a parking lot kind of whatever ride. So they have different levels of travel based on the bike. I believe their gravel one is 30 mil of travel. Maybe it's 40, could be wrong, but it's also like $900, mm-hmm. you know, and it is less expensive or sorry, not less, less weight than a traditional fork. So yes, if you're going from a, let's say an on average 550, 600 gram rigid fork, you know, that's not, you know, like an open fork or whatever. Those are super light. And you're go- looking at a $1,300, like $1,000 Fox Float 32. This kind of fits in that great middle. The only other thing I've heard from customer feedback from like guys we had in the shop was the, uh, the carbon blades would, they would say like, they called it like getting warm to where they wouldn't like respond the same if you did like a long descent huh, because it would, the friction would heat them up where the, the, I don't know. That's what they would say. I didn't understand that aspect. Cause I'm like, it's a carbon blade. It's going to react the same. I get, they could be transferring heat because it, you know, and maybe, maybe the, the elasticity changes with, with temperature. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I, I haven't done a long, you know, I've never done a real descent on them. So I don't know that, but in theory, that fiber. is, yeah. Yeah, that is, oh, there we go. Oh, glass, okay, they're on carpet, glass fiber. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. So I think that engineering-wise and weight-wise, if somebody's looking for that happy medium, yes, it is less weight. Yes, it is the same amount of travel, but I don't know what the how it is under braking compared to the two. I'd have to literally ride them back-to-back. I think we all would. Um, but as far as like a less offensive package, visually there's there's a there's one side and then there's like a weight wise and functionality side to where like you have to yeah. see what camp you're in i think yeah. i don't know I, I see them all over instagram all the time and yeah i was just like man oh man i hope this photo doesn't have a lot of likes <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to see a bike with with that fork and the and the double decker bar That'd be. Oh <laughs> gosh, you know what? The more that we make fun of that double decker bar, the more. And every time I look at it, I'm like, hmm. I think I'd get one. I think I'd get yeah. one. <laughs> I want to see the double suspension. I want to see either a stem suspension or a bar suspension with the fork to see if it like gets weird, you know? Because I don't. Okay. I've never. I've never seen anything. Never seen anything with double suspension in my. Like memory, I couldn't think, I think of anything. I think someone in in the the Discord, yeah, that came up, was saying he was riding uh, the the Redshift with a uh, with the suspension Love. gravel fork. Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. Okay. And he was like, "It's like the best thing ever." <laughs> okay, um, well, and uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they if if they have different spring rates, it could get kind of confusing, and and maybe you get used to it. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, again, all I can picture is like that that feel that that floating feeling is such a cool feeling when you experience it for the first time on something that is tuned for your weight with good compression, good rebound. Um, like I just, I, I like thinking of that moment a lot, and I'm like, you know, even for the title of our video, it's like, do you need suspension? Um, <laughs> the simple answer is the simple answer is yes, but do you need suspension parts? 
maybe not, but you do need a big enough tire that is going to keep you from being tired. Right. Like at the end of a ride, right? Like, you know, I have said in videos in the past, like, yeah, you can go ride on like 28s. Um, hope you don't get a flat. You can do it. I don't know. Like maybe it's cause I was 23, 22 or 23 years old then. Um, and like nothing hurt, but like things hurt now. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm still only 28, but it's like, you know, like I've not been particularly gentle to, to my entire body and I've almost been worse in the last week. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to go take a road race bike off road anymore. Right. Probably like, Probably I would for a YouTube video, but like for Dollar Shave Club, Eric will do it. I'll yeah, do it. So. Right. <laughs> or square or Squarespace. Squarespace. Uh, <laughs> Eric will do that. I'll shave his leg, and that's uh, while building a website. Like keeps. you know, I'll do it for keeps. Throat. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. Yeah, we need a keeps. If anyone is watching this, yeah. I'll do a keep sponsorship. No problem. There you go. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, I think I'm going to take it home here. Uh, you know, thanks again, everyone for, for joining us tonight at alternative cycling network. Again, if you missed out, we've got a brand new channel where we're going to start doing these live streams, uh, pretty soon. If, if not the next one, definitely the, the one after that. So if you like this content, be sure and subscribe there. And if you've not already, you know, subscribe to our individual channels, uh, Mike from locked in Eric from Spindat. I think uh, I did manage to put those links in the description, I believe. I copy and paste right. from a from an old live stream. Uh, so with that, with, with that said, everyone, have a good night and keep the supple side down.